the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're washed and made new in Christ. How do you cultivate that? You start to get to a place where, and this is a good place, where we're honest with ourselves and we say, man, I'm messed up. That is the first step for Christ coming in and purifying your heart. You've got five acres of farmland. You fertilize it, you till it up and turn it over, and you create rows. And then you walk away and leave it. You don't cultivate it. Well, what's going to happen? Exactly. Weeds will come in, and the next thing you know, it's totally useless. Well, the same applies in our spiritual lives. Christ has come in and turned over the soil of our hearts. He's made us new. So how do we cultivate what God has put in us? That's what we're looking at today on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 8 is where we're at. Join us. It says here in verse 1, And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up on the mountain, went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And then look what it says here. It says, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. I want to talk to you this afternoon about how to cultivate a pure heart. How to cultivate a pure heart. Jesus Christ just has begun his ministry. Chapter 4, we see him being tempted by the adversary. His commitment and loyalty, covenant with the Father, has been tested. Jesus Christ has passed the test. Immediately is thrust into his ministry, into the purpose of God, to begin to start to tear down the enemy's strongholds, liberate those who are captive, bring healing and deliverance to individuals who are bound. And in the midst of this, we have what most theologians would call the Beatitudes, He gets down and he begins to talk about the blessings of God that are released through and by people's characteristics, certain characteristics that they display, which would invoke the blessing of God or cause of the blessing of God to come upon their lives. In the midst of this, we see he talks about the poor in spirit. He talks about those who are comforted. He talks about... Individuals who are hungering and thirst for righteousness, about the merciful. And then he gets down into verse 8, and he said, Blessed are the pure in heart. 
for these kind of people, and it says these kind of people will see God. And I don't think it's just a matter of us seeing God from, a, from, from something that is coming, but I'm talking about, or in the last days, or I'm talking about even now, in our present circumstances, as God begins to purify our hearts, we begin to see him more than we see our external circumstances and conditions, Amen. And so we want to be individuals to understand that the more and more God purifies our heart, the more we're able to see God. We're able to see him. And so let's take a look at this. The word hard here is defined as the seat of emotions, desires, and thoughts. It is also the seat of motivation. And I'm going to be, I'm going to hammer this word motive or motivation home for us today because I believe this really is, is, is the depths of, of what God is trying to forge within us, our motives being purified. But when you look at the word heart, it is the seat of your emotions. It is the seat of all desires and thoughts. You know, and I think this is something that we don't want to understand sometimes that, that, that from our Heart precedes, the Bible says, evil thoughts. And so God has to come in and begin to purify our hearts, our emotions, our desires, our thoughts, and most importantly, our motivation. Something has to change within us. Understand that until Jesus Christ begins to reign in you, he cannot reign over you. Understand what I'm saying? His goal, first and foremost, is to get people's hearts. You know, the Bible says that Christ dwells in your heart by faith. He's dwelling in your heart by faith. And what is he doing? He's coming in to purify, to begin to set up the seat. I like this. It's almost as if your heart becomes a throne for him. And so for all of us, realize that Jesus Christ is coming in and he wants to have dominion, not just in your mind, but in your heart. Jesus wants to rule in you before he rules over you. He wants to rule in you. He wants to have governance within you through the power of his spirit. And I think for all of us, we have to take time to see that, wait a minute, God is trying to get my heart. He wants to capture my heart. He wants to purify our heart. If we haven't figured it out already, do you know that your heart is desperately wicked and you don't even know it? That's what the Bible says. So our hearts can play tricks on us. So Christ wants to come in and what does he want to do? He wants to rule within us. He wants to purify our hearts. Now what does this mean? The word pure here in the Greek, it means to clean in a spiritual sense. Number one, from the pollution of the guilt of sin. Write it down. He wants to purify us or clean us in a spiritual sense from the pollution of guilt, of the guilt of sin. So this is one of the main things that Christ does when he purifies us is that he comes in and he begins to deal with the guilt issue. And I think this is big when it comes to us walking with Christ. We have to learn that if Christ has forgiven us, If God has forgiven us, we need to forgive ourselves. We can't let the devil bring condemnation over our lives over things that Christ has already forgiven us about. But this is what happens. A people's heart is filled with the pollution of guilt. 
Meaning we come into church sometimes and, and, and we don't even really express ourselves or really see God the way that we should because we're riddled with guilt and we allow guilt to bog us down to the point where, you know, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm just, I'm not worthy. I'm just not worthy. I'm just not worthy. It sounds good, but if Jesus Christ through his blood has made you worthy, you know what you are? You're worthy. And we have to learn to say, I'm worthy based on the fact that Jesus, you died. You went to the grave. You rose from the grave. And the blood of Jesus Christ is in my life. And the Holy Ghost is in my life. And I'm covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm worthy now because of what you've done for me. Can I have an amen in here? A lot of times we walk around not understanding that you're worthy based on the fact that he's done something for you. You were not worthy until Christ came into your life to make you worthy based on his death, burial, and resurrection. So we need to come in the door shouting. Can I have an amen? We need to come in the door. I'm ready to praise God. My God is going to meet me in here today. My God has given me an opportunity to bless him now. There's no condemnation on my life now. God frees our heart from the pollution, he says, of guilt. But not only of the guilt of sin, but he frees our heart. Now watch this. Of sin. Write that down. So it's not just a matter of the guilt of sin, but now the stain of sin Jesus Christ comes in and he wants to create in me a clean heart and renew in me the right spirit. So he comes in and his, his heart is to come in and to purify us, make us pure, to wash us with the washing of water by the word of God. He does it by us responding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, you are going through a transformation right now from the inside out. He wants to make your heart right. And we have to learn to allow the Lord to do this in our lives and to get it settled in our lives that, you know what, my lifestyle, I am no longer, I was a sinner, but then I got saved. So sin is not the dominant expression of my life any longer. It's not that I won't ever sin and that I can't ever sin, but sin is not my lifestyle any longer. So I will not let sin sin rule or reign in my mortal flesh or body that I might obey it and its lust. But I mortify the deeds of the body. And I bring my body into subjection to the authority of... Can I have an amen in this place? And I learn that sin is the old me. And Jesus Christ has changed my heart and is ruling and reigning in my heart. And he gives me power to overcome the stain of sin that was in my life. He creates in me a clean heart. But watch this. This word pure, it also means, it means to be sincere. It means to be upright. It means to be void of evil. This word here, it means to be honest. That my heart now is sincere towards God. It's upright towards God. It's void of evil. It's honest. And I've developed the right motivation in my walk with Christ. Let's talk about this. He says, sincere. This is something that God wants us to be. Why are you serving Christ? Think about this, saints. 
Why are you serving? Is, are you serving Christ just because you want to go to heaven? Are you serving Christ just because you, got, you want God to bless you? Or you just, you, you're serving Christ because you just, why, why? Why are we serving Christ? I mean, I think this is the thing that we have to look at. Because God wants us to be sincere. And I'm going to show you this in the scripture. He wants us to be sincere in our pursuit of him. You know, some people come to church because, you know, young lady brought me, man. She wasn't here. I wouldn't even be in here, man. I'm just here, you know what I'm saying? Hurry up and preach, brother. Some people come to church, well, you know, you know, I saw this cute little guy at the, at the grocery store, and he said he went to the well, so I asked him what time the service was. I'm a priest to the wall, you know, and, and I was... It's the same. People come to church for different reasons. I just want God to bless me financially. I just want God to do this. I just want God to do that. I just want God this. But why are are we sincere? Well, God wants to purify our hearts so that we're sincere in the sight of God. We just want to know him. Upright. That when it comes to our walk with Christ, when it comes to us dealing with even with humanity... That we're upright, we're void of evil, that we've allowed God to get so into our hearts that he purifies us to the point where where our hearts are void of evil. We're honest. And then, from a motivation standpoint, we're right. Jesus said, these kind of individuals that allow this to take place in their heart, these people are the ones that truly see God. They see God in their now, and they will also see God in their future. I want to see God now, and I want to see God when he returns, amen, when the Lord returns. And so all of us have to take time to ask ourselves about this. And and really, saints, when you're asking yourself, realize that you're asking in view of, and I'm going to say this right, in view of God showing you. Because you can tell yourself a lot of things about yourself, but you're not always accurate, amen? And we tend to let ourselves off the hook a little bit. But what I want is God to show me, God to show me where I'm at. Where am I at, Lord? And I guarantee you, you're not as good as the voice that's telling you you're good. And you're probably not as bad as the voice that's telling you you're bad. God's going to show us exactly where we are. But how do we do this? How do we, how do we cultivate this and get ourselves in a position where God can really, really just begin to work on our heart so we become pure in heart and we start to see God like we've never seen him before? Go to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to start here. Matthew chapter 16. And this passage of Scripture is one that I, 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 I go to a lot. And I have to because I think this is where it all starts if we're going to be people that really, really begin to walk with Christ and cultivate a pure motive in the sight of God and we allow God to really purify our hearts. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Look what it says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, he says, if anyone desires to come after me, He says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man 
If he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? This is where it all starts. He says in verse 24, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, he says, and follow me. And this is, the, this is how we begin the process of seeing God really purify our soul, is by denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following the Lord. Why is this so important? Your old edemic nature, edemic nature has been ruling in you from the time in which you came out of your mother's womb. The old edemic nature wants to rule, it wants to govern, it wants to guide you in your life. At some point in time, we have to come out of agreement with the old us. There's no way in which we can come, up, come out of agreement with our own selves without first choosing to deny ourselves, taking up our cross, and then following the Lord. This is how it all starts. But what happens here? It gives God an opportunity to come in and correct that which in you has been wrong. It's called the power of agreement. Write it down. Because this is important. I have to come out of agreement with who I used to be. That's why he said deny yourself. I have to make a decision that the old me, I don't want any fellowship with him anymore. The old Adam, I'm choosing to deny its passions, its desires, its lust. It's sin and the things in which got me in the predicament in the, in the first place. I have to choose to deny myself. And I think this is big. At some point in time, we go through this, this journey in our lives where we don't like ourselves. Then we begin to love ourselves. Then we begin to love people. Think about what I just said. We go through this journey where we don't like ourselves. Then we begin to love ourselves, and then we start to love people. Now, the reason why I say this is because a lot of times when we first come to Christ, people love themselves a little too much. You know, everybody thought they were all that and a bag of chips. I'm bad, man. We come to God, and we think we're doing God a favor because we got saved. God needed me to get saved because I'm bad. And this is what happens. For a lot of people, they're in a position where they don't realize. But I love because once you meet Christ and you start measuring yourself by Christ instead of measuring yourself by the person that's sitting next to you, you start to see yourself in a different light. And you come to the place where you really don't like yourself. Man, you start reading your Bible and you start saying, man, everything that God says not to do, I'm doing it. I remember the days of closing my book because every chapter I saw something in there that was telling me to stop doing it. And so I put my Bible down for a while to try to get myself a break or I go to Psalms or something like that, try to get away from it. And then I'd find it over there in Psalms. And then I would stay way away from the book of Revelations. But what happens is you start to get to a place where, and this is a good place, where we, we're honest with ourselves and we say, man, I'm messed up. That is the first step for Christ coming in and purifying your heart. 
Until we come out of agreement with who we used to be, we'll never position ourselves where Christ can come in and purify our heart. So he says, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. Then he says, take up your cross. And I've talked to you guys about this many times. Being a Christian is not just about his cross. It's about your cross also. That means sometimes God is going to put you in a position where it's going to be painful because he's trying to kill something in you that needs to die. It's called your flesh, the old you. And sometimes we're going to have to learn that I don't like myself, but now God has given me to a place where I begin to love myself and I love other people. Well, what happens is if we're going to do this, we have to start by allowing God to do away with the old me. And crucifixion speaks of pain. Sometimes you're going to pick up your Bible and you're going to be saying, ouch, for a while. Lord, give me a break. Lord, could you just have me meditate on one comforting scripture? But God, understand that God, what he's trying to do is perfect something in you so that he can get to the point where he can purify you and I's heart. So all of us have to start. He says, take up your cross. And then he says, he says deny yourself. Take up your cross, and then he says, follow me. The follow me aspect is the point where now our will becomes subject to his will. And now it's no longer what we want, but it's what he wants. Well, when we do this, we deny ourselves, we take up our cross, we follow him. Now we're putting ourselves in a position where our motives are being purified. Our passions are being purified. Where sincerity begins to well up within us. Why? Because we've allowed Christ to do away with who we used to be. This is a process. And I watch Christians struggle in this a lot of times. Because at the end of the day, the real battle is not just with the devil. The real war is going on right inside of you. Who's going to reign? Who's going to rule? Does Christ truly have your heart? Is he purifying your motives to the place? And have you given up your life to a place where now he can take you and I to the next step? And this is found in Matthew chapter 4. And this is all a part of the purification process of our heart, saints. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, on down to 20. He says here in verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Then he said to them, (laughs) watch this, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 19, listen to it. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. I've denied myself. I've taken up my cross. I'm following him. The thing that I have to do now as I position myself, if my heart is truly going to be purified, write this down. We have to allow the seeds of purpose to be planted within us. Now watch this. We have to allow the seeds of purpose to be planted within us. Your heart is a seed of your motivation. A lot of times we're doing things for God, but we're doing them for the wrong reasons. And our motivation for doing things is wrong. It's to be seen, it's to get this, to get that. Christ comes in and he purifies us. But one of the things that he does is he replaces that which has been sown 
with something now that is truly divine and it comes from him. So he sees these men that are fishing. They're going about their life. They're doing their own thing. And in their mind, they have their purpose. They're doing what they want to do. And they're doing it in some ways, as, we, as you read the scriptures, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's not for God's glory. It's not for God's purpose. Jesus had to come alongside these individuals because they started arguing about who's going to be the greatest. So you know the wrong seeds were in their hearts. So what happens is he replaces it. But how does he replace it? Listen what it says. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What is he doing? He's telling them, if you follow me, I'm going to show you my purpose for your life. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- 292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time. God bless.